Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? Gentlemen, we are doing our NFL Draft Recap Podcast. A little peek ahead at the future. Plus, we got the NFL schedule, so a lot to cover here. Uh, But first off, let's start with the draft. Patriots start the night, the first round of the draft, Thursday night. They start with the 14th overall pick. Wind up miraculously making a selection and we wind up with one of our favorite prospects christian gonzalez cornerback oregon ryan you and i talked in depth about this guy before how excited were you when this pick came off the board huge fan and i was texting jj at the time because we were at 14 and we traded down and i go if we don't get broderick jones or christian gonzalez here i'm gonna be so pissed um by far i thought the two best prospects that actually like fit what we were trying to do we needed offensive line help um we need a really a premium corner um to get christian gonzalez who i think almost everyone had in their top 10 i don't think i saw anything you know by all the you know experts and and analysts of him being outside the top 10 for him to drop that far and then for the yeah and then for the commanders to take emmanuel forbes who i think is a real outlier kind of pick where the guy weighs 166 pounds it's like insanely light it's it's a real gamble to take him and you took him ahead of gonzalez gonzalez i think it's insane and and we lucked out the first round it couldn't have gone better that's an a plus pick yeah i mean i was pretty pumped about it um you know we we had talked previously about weather witherspoon being the guy to go he ends up going what like fourth or something fifth fifth so Gonzalez just looks like a great player. He's got big size, um, you know, went to a good school, played a lot of decent competition. And at, as you Ry just said, kind of considered the best cornerback we thought until Witherspoon went so much earlier. But I don't know, you know, the thing and the reasons he dropped too, it's like you wonder, oh, well, you know, why did he drop out of top 10? Well, you know, the things I'm hearing, I don't know about you guys that, you know, maybe he's not as motivated or something. Not that he'll, he won't put it in the work room or what, you know, workout room or, you know, show up on time or anything like that. But more of the fact that like, uh, you know, maybe he gets in his head on the game field or something and against better competition, he might have his issues. So we'll see how that boils out. But, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. We haven't taken a corner. We rarely take many players top 20 last one being Mac Jones recently. Um, but it, it's cool that we took him there. He seemed like a guy that checks all the boxes for something, you know, could be a superstar, potential to be a superstar in the NFL, right? I mean, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Now, will it hit? Who knows? But we hope so. And um, I've already heard reports of was minicamp, rookie minicamp started, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they said he looks like a freak. He is a freak. Zoe was talking, yeah, Zoe was talking about it the other day. Um, and he was like, yeah, his, uh, his athleticism, his size, everything's like there. So... That's great. And then what we did the rest of the draft, I actually really liked. I was surprised we didn't go as much offense early, but then we went offense really late with some prospects that I actually was pretty happy about, I got to say. Um, so, yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, I guess we can start getting into it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just on Christian Gonzalez, uh, him and Witherspoon at cornerback, kind of a 1-1-A, depending on your flavor, what type of player you really liked. 
Yeah, obviously definitely. Witherspoon's demeanor jumps off the tape and the way that he attacks the game. And then for Gonzalez, he is a blue chip in terms of physical talent. Blue chip prospect. Yep. Has the potential to be a perennial pro bowler, all pro type player. Now, yep. will that will that come to pass? Who who knows? We'll we'll see how it works. This is a great opportunity for player development to bring him to that next level. Immediately when a guy like that drops, you you think about the injury history. I think he missed a total of two games in his college career. So it wasn't that. It was like right after the draft, they start talking about, oh, he's not willing to tackle and things like that. And it's like, that's that's got to get coached out of him. You, you got to I mean, think he's going to get coached hard on that. Right? It's nitpicking. Yeah. You nitpicking. The, the size and the way he moves at that size, the length of, of him, um, everything. And I wrote this down probably like, Every time I watch him, everything just looks super smooth. You see some of his tape from minicamp, the way he changes direction, um, the long speed looks easy. Um, does a really good job of using the sidelines as an extra defender. He's got he's got good ball skills. The one thing I wouldn't even worry about the tackling. The one thing I'm worried, uh, not worried, I thought was his biggest flaw was he's a bit more reactionary instead of proactive um, reading. So he, he's kind of like, uh, I think he's a little bit behind on play recognition, um, awareness, but it's not something that's like. And I'm not even worried about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, Stefan Gilmore is a good example of that. Before he went, you know, when he came, was it from the Bills? Did he come from the Bills? Mm-hmm. Pre-agent. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yeah. So when he came from the Bills, like he, he said it, um, you know, several other cornerbacks have said it. Keep Talib, I remember being a guy that said it. Like when he got, they got to New England. Bill taught them how to read defenses, and they couldn't do it before. And they were all good athletic cornerbacks, but once they learned what they were looking at, you know, they uh, they really took off and you know made you know became superstars at the position for sure. Yeah. They, you know, we got Bill. He's he's, I, you know, some people say he lost his fastball, this, that, and the other thing. But teaching cornerbacks. Yeah. How to you know how to read defenses? How to play that position? He is uh, you know he's the best yeah. still. I, I I still think he's the best with that. You can look through. the length of his tenure here. We've always developed cornerbacks. JC Jackson, and- Asante Samuel. You go you go the full length of it, and there are these unheralded guys that come in and play well and play extraordinarily well in some circumstances. Yeah, so that's, um, that's a good one. How about it's a good one too? Yeah. How about the so the Patriots are on the board of 14. We're all stoked. Broderick Jones is right there. Christian Gonzalez is right there. They mm-hmm. trade the pick. I'm like Ryan. I'm freaking out. You traded back three picks, and there's two blue chip guys on the board. What are you doing? Like You, you might have just yeah. classed yourself out of getting one of the top guys. They trade mm-hmm. back. The So the Jets are picking right after us, 14. Jets are picking at 15. We trade back and let the Steelers move up a pick up in front of the Jets. Everybody thinks the Jets want to tackle. The Steelers move up, take Broderick Jones right before them. <laughs> yeah. Oh Did we God. do this Classic. just to screw them over? Then the Jets make a Beep. panic pick, and they take Will McDonald out of Iowa State, who no one had in the first round. Uh, horrible, horrible pick. They just drafted an Ed Rusher last year. They have Bryce Huff there. It's like Bryce Huff is a, is a good player. You're just going to give up on that guy? And then there's other guys in their system already. They took... You know, I think borderline early second round. I thought he was a mid-second round player, Will McDonald. He's very athletic. 
think he's an older guy too. He's like 24 already. Um, kind of a project. And yeah. I don't know why they didn't just say, all right, let's cut our losses. We, we needed a tackle. We didn't get one. Anton Harrison's still on the board. Um, if we have to overdraft him, we have to overdraft him. And it, it really cost him. Um, and they took a, they took a need. Uh, they took a player that really, to me is, is not a need. So yeah. So no, did we sure. do that just to fuck him over? I, I mean, there were reports out there that that's true, that bill just did it to screw with them. And not only that, um, there was, you know, I know it's all it depends on how the draft board falls. And we probably wanted to get right in that Pittsburgh area, uh, where we traded to at 17, but not much lower than that. But, you know, there were reports that we could have got a third rounder for that if we wanted to. I mean, I don't really care that much about that. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But he could have got a little bit more. So he he liked that. Now, was did he did he like that because he wanted to screw over the Jets or he wanted to place himself at 17 because he knew he could still get his guy? I don't know. But there definitely was a run. Not only McDonald there, uh, you already mentioned Emmanuel Forbes is a good player, but kind of undersized for the position. Uh, especially at the NFL level. And then Jack Campbell, who I think we all liked, but we're projecting in yeah. the second round. Yeah. And uh, Cancy, the D-tackle going to Tampa, I was surprised by. So it was like a little run on just random guys while there were still, you know, Jordan Anson and Quentin Johnston. All the receivers were still there. You know, the tight ends were all still there. So I can understand. a couple good DNs. I can understand at least Campbell and Cancy. Jack Campbell, Campbell though, they, they probably think is nasty, but yeah, they they think Campbell could give the Lions defense a uh, a figure in the in the middle, just like a leader part, on yeah, that defense. Yep. And Cansey has the potential to be a home run shot at defensive yeah. tackle. But you gotta the, you gotta praise the the Patriots' intelligence, for lack of a better word, like CIA type intelligence, not just smarts to go behind the commanders, the commanders take a cornerback. Yeah, right. And to know that they're not going to take your cornerback. I assume, uh, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe that was just a roll of the dice. But, yeah. I, I, you know, it really got me thinking in the draft that something that nobody really talks about is how these teams position themselves and are constantly trying, like you said, going covert, trying to figure out what other people are picking. Yeah. I feel like that's probably a huge part of the draft that nobody really mentions or thinks about, but you know, that was evident there. Like they knew something, you know, they wouldn't have traded down, had the chance of losing Broderick Jones and Gonzalez as we were all afraid of. So they needed to thread the needle there and they did. And there's probably a whole like, Oh yeah, we know the jets are going here. We know the, you know, commanders are going here. Oh, we heard from Pittsburgh that so-and-so is going here. And this, you know, it's like, there's a backstory. That's probably such a, such a positioning move in the back rooms of the NFL. There's definitely knowledge of the other teams, but I think it's it's still a huge gamble because if you lose Broderick Jones there and 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 Christian Gonzalez, yeah, that that looks bad, stupid. I think it's a bad look. Yeah. And there's a lot of good players there. I would have been happy with, but to to leave, to lose those guys at those premium premium positions, I would have been very upset. And honestly, for Washington to pick Forbes ahead of Gonzalez. I don't get it. Yeah. But that's you know incomprehensible. Yeah. So Patriots land one of our favorite prospects in the first round. Sit tight for the rest of the round. We'll we'll uh go back and talk about some of the most surprising picks on what happened in day one. But as we move forward with the Patriots draft, day two, 
In the second round, we get Keon White, defensive end out of Georgia Tech, real good size. Uh, basically played the majority of his career at Old Dominion until they decided not to have football during COVID, and then he moved to Georgia Tech. Uh, really helped out his draft stock by doing that. And then, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, Marte Mapu, linebacker out of Sacramento State, number one defensive player, or won the award for best defensive player in the country in his division, which I believe is D1AA. 220-pound linebacker, tackling machine, absolute menace defensively. Ryan, when you look at these two guys, I mean, what what jumps out to you? Um, Keon White's size yeah. is, is a huge thing for me. Big um, boy. And he's the kind of guy, I, I feel like he's got a lot of Stefan to it, to him. Um, I was a little disappointed um, in the pick, just being honest, because he's already 24 years old and he's still got some work to do as far as technique. Ryan's an ageist. <laughs> I, I am a little bit of an ageist. I love the Christian Gonzalez pick. He just, I mean, he's, I don't even think he's turned 21 yet. He's a baby. Um but to, I don't know if you have a lot of technique work left at 24. Um, that that kind of makes me a little bit nervous. But you look at his athletic profile; there's no limitations really there. The size uh, that's a good pick. I was getting really excited in that second round because Brian Branch just kept dropping, yep. and he went the pick before we picked, and I was, I was like, oh, you know, just there. He was, I mean, for me, that's number one nickel corner in the draft slash safety um by a long shot so and then the Marte Mapu one I, I gotta be honest I, I didn't really I scout a lot of guys I did not really know who he was until after he got picked and I had to go back and look at him he looks like a hell of a tackler yeah um a little bit of a tweener type um is he a strong safety is he in the box safety is he an off ball kind of weak side linebacker I don't know but he's got kind of that star um the star position role, it looks like, yeah. mm-hmm. where he's just kind of roaming and making those, like Jalen Petrie last year from Baylor, um, just looks like he can make plays wherever you put him. So interesting, interesting player. Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I guess the biggest thing that surprised me was we went three defensive picks in the first three rounds, right. especially when, you know, so much has been talked about the offense, the offense, the offense, Bill O'Brien, who's he going to want, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> the first three picks, they go completely defense one at every level too. It's, you know, it wasn't like we were stock loading kind of the year we did uh, Chandler Jones and Hightower, you know, front seven guys. This way we did it one at every level. Uh, Keon White, I like, I mean, he's a, he looks like a big mean dude. You see him on the broadcast? Like he didn't even flinch <laughs> that he got drafted. Um, and, you know, maybe some people take that as he didn't want to go to the Patriots, but I think he's just got that demeanor, which is cool. He's got, you know, 6'5", 285, 290 pounds. I feel like we haven't had someone that size profile right out of college since Ty Warren or Richard Seymour, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like that that 3-4 DN who's just big and probably won't get a lot of sacks, but if this kid, dude can just develop and just be a tackle leader and yeah. push people around, you know, he seems like a big, strong dude, so... A lot of potential there. And Mapu, I think, is – I like the pick. Uh, you know, I know he was kind of, you know, uh, similar similar type player to Duggar in the sense that he went to D1AA. He got that award. Kind of unknown, you know. But I've I heard from several people across the league that this dude was ranked really high on a lot of draft boards. Like, he was going to go. He seems like he's got that, you know, that knack for tackling. 
and finding the football, sniffing it out. He's also 6'3", which is pretty good, so he's got room to grow. I mean, he could probably add 10, 15 pounds in a year or two. Um, if he needed so to. But if he needs to, yeah, we like I don't know what position he's going to play. If he can cover a fucking running back, I'd be pumped. It's, you know, yeah. yeah, that's what I want him to do is cover a running back and be able to tackle a running back. And if he can do that, he's going to be a great player. And he seems like he could possibly do it. You know, he's he's around the football a lot. I didn't hear a lot of noise about Mapu before the draft, but it's weird how post draft everyone's like, oh, yeah, we yeah, he was the gem. High. He was the you gem. Know? It's like, but like, I didn't hear fucking anything about the guy before um and that kind of makes me nervous you know it's like oh in hindsight he was really good like yeah um when the other thing with keon white go ahead the year 2022 draft i was clamoring for a defensive end a 3-4 true defensive end i wanted george Karloftis because dietrich wise and lawrence guy were absolutely invisible the previous year with this past year it's kind of gone by the wayside with the Huge improvement, really, from Dietrich Wise. Right. Where I didn't even really think about that this year Came going into the good, draft. So good contributor this year. Um, yeah. If he, if if Keon White can come in and make uh, Lawrence Guy, um, you know, expendable, expendable, then it's a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. Keon White reminds me of like a taller Adrian Claiborne, a little bit when he came oh, out of interesting. Iowa, just like Iowa, big, meaty. Uh, Holds his ground type Big defensive end. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really, really intrigued about Marte Mapu. Uh, gonna have to learn how to pronounce his name, but uh, just tackling machine, a guy it. that knows how to play football, he'll clearly excel on special teams right away. So mm-hmm. not not worried about him making an impact on the team, but his potential on defense. I I'm starting to think about the way that they're collecting these tweener guys. You know, Kyle Duggar is a true safety, but he's also a really big safety. Mapu, yeah. smaller smaller linebacker. Adrian Phillips is somewhere between a linebacker and a safety. They're kind of Jabril Peppers, same idea. Where it's like mm-hmm. they, they have all these moldable guys. I start thinking about basketball teams and how they try to be able to guard all five positions. They're like, oh, Marcus mm-hmm. Smart can, can guard a point guard and a center. It's like, are they just doing that defensively where they're going to throw out four guys that can play against the sub package, against the, the goal line package? Like, not goal line, but but like a traditional I-formation pro-style offense. Really intrigued to see what happens there. Okay, moving on. In the middle of the draft, we can group these guys together. They end up taking yeah. three offensive linemen, all projected to be interior linemen, City Sal. Sidey So, I don't know. Again, another name. I think you got it. City Sow, I think. City Sow, guard from Eastern Michigan. He's Canadian. Uh, not that that matters. <laughs> we won't hold gotta that Got to add that. But I, I guess he was, a, he was a big prospect for the CFL. They lost another one. City Sow could potentially move out to tackle. He has some experience there. Yeah, he's got some size, too. College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got a big boy. decent arm length as well. Antonio Ma- Antonio Maffi. Guard from UCLA. Looks a lot like Shaq Mason. Doesn't have quite the the foot speed and the burst, but he's got that wide base. Little stout, shorter guy. Potential right guard prospect. And then later on, a guy that... Oh, there he is. No, the first first one we took, Jake Andrews, center out of Troy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, oddly enough, looks exactly like David Andrews. Has the same name, yeah. no relation. But... 
a, a center prospect who could be a succession plan at center, especially given David Andrews' injury history. Not that we want, we want to see him walk out the door. But those three guys add some depth in the middle. Maybe two of them make the team. Maybe one of them becomes a starter in the future. But mm-hmm. they're adding that layer of depth while they have Trent Brown on the last year of his deal, Riley Reef on a one-year deal, Michael Onwenu going into restricted free agency, or not, he'll, he'll actually be an unrestricted free agent here in a couple of years. So they're building some depth there, which I thought was was really great. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, um, I thought it was good that they're getting, you know, athletic guys that are big. You know, these both both these uh, City Sow and Mafi are three twenty five plus weight, and but they can move. They have quick feet, which is pretty good. And they're both run defenders. From everything I've read, they're really good run defenders, and that's always a good way to start with offensive linemen. Get guys can do that. You can teach, you know how to do uh, pass protection. It was nice to see that. I know we all talked about um, the fact that we need tackles. Yeah, tackles is a big one. But I don't know. I think I talked about with you guys about it. Just it might make sense that, hey, if one of these guards take off or one of these guys can play guard, then if in a pinch you could always kick out a Wenu. You know, you can kick him out to the right tackle spot and he can play pretty good there if Reef or uh, the other dude that's filling in the swing tackle we got has issues. So I was happy to see it. Um, yeah. I mean, overall I'll keep going with the draft. I'm happy. We kind of hit all the areas we wanted. I feel like just not in the order we expected, you know, it was like they got the receivers and they got offensive linemen, but they weren't what we were expecting and they got defensive players, you know? So, Hey, plus, plus I'm the happy kicker and punter. Players. Yeah. But only one of those is going to work out. You can't have luck with both of them. <laughs> you never know. I, Bryce Berenger, the punter, was a walk-on and then lost his walk-on spot and was an equipment manager and then re-earned his spot on Michigan State and then led the league in both punting, total punting, and net punting. That's pretty good. Right? There was a handful of picks around this time I did not like. I did not like the Jake Andrews pick. Um, first of all, I don't, I don't really know too much about Jake Andrews. That is another one that really small school I didn't I didn't do a lot of work on um, but I I knew Alowatimi was there from Michigan and he doesn't have any strength issues any athleticism issues where Jake Andrews you know all I know about him is that he's a really smart player um, so that one was a head scratcher then they took a kicker in the fourth round which is you know always too high punter. I think uh, was the punter the one in on the fourth, fourth round? round? Yeah, I'm looking no, at now. Kicker, Chad Ryland. Kicker's fourth round. Punter, sixth round. Chad Ryland, I think. Oh, place yeah. kicker. Oh, I mean, I think he's a good kicker, but Sorry, fourth yeah. round. Kicker. Yeah. I do like Chad Ryland. Um, he looks like he's got a leg on him. So, But I just feel like fourth round's always too high. Um, City South pick that I, I loved. Um, he doesn't look normal um, for a guard. I mean, he's fucking huge. He's Big tall. Boy. He gets out in space and demolishes people. He look he looks like he's always looking to hurt someone. Um, the Mafia one was just okay for me. Um, I didn't see the mean streak that City Sal has. It makes me... I was really expecting a tackle. I think everybody was. Mm-hmm. And they took three interior offensive linemen. And now I'm thinking, well, what's the plan here? Is on when are we going to bump outside again? And um, Trent Brown was a absolute disaster last year isaiah wins in miami um, we also drafted a guard first round pick last year yeah 
And it's like, all right, so we're stacking up on guard. It's the one position that we, I feel like we're pretty good at on the yeah, I mean, we didn't line. have any, we don't have any depth. You know, when you think of our backups, it was, what's his name last year? Ferentz? We had uh, Ferentz the kid from LSU. We drafted Chase and Hines last year from LSU, too. Who's, That's true. By all accounts, he's like not a bad player. Um, and then, is it Ferentz is the only other backup or? Ferentz is the main one. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. who else. And then we drafted um, Stuber last year, who's maybe yeah. the tackle that they, maybe they like him still. I don't know. But Andrew Stuber from Michigan. He was, was like a six-round pick, though, right? Yeah. So I'm curious to see what the how this all there. shakes out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But they, they add to that depth. Now they have 15. I guess today they did release Yadni Kajust, which saves uh, $2.5 million on against the cap so they're they're down to 15 oh. offensive linemen currently mm-hmm. okay we, we touched on ryland Jesus. and behringer kicker punter respectively Up now we get booty i'm happy with that though i'm happy i'm happy with those special teams players you always talk yourself into the draft picks after you start reading about them if you if we read yeah. any of the other six round picks from the other teams you go oh this guy might be good but in that same <laughs> vein let's talk about the other four guys we got uh, Demario Douglas, wide receiver, Liberty, kind of a, a return mm-hmm. specialist at this point in his career. Isaiah Bolden, mm-hmm. cornerback from Jackson State, who was a four-star recruit to Florida State, played there a couple of years before uh, tra- transferring to Jackson State to play for Deion Sanders. Uh, right. Amir Speed, who was a five-star player out of high school, went to Georgia, played three years for them before going to Michigan State, following his head, his head coach when he moved there. And then maybe the steal of the draft, Kayshawn Butte, wide receiver yeah. LSU, who was, I mean, I don't watch that much college football anymore, but I knew and he his was name. disgusting. I knew his name from two oh. years ago at LSU playing with garbage I mean, quarterbacks. I have magazines going back, you know, eight months ago that had him as the number one wide receiver in the draft before this season happened. And he got into it with Chip, Chip Kelly. Um, I don't think they really saw eye to eye. Um, the quarterback situation, uh, Brian Kelly, the quarterback situation there wasn't the best. Uh, I don't know if they had that lefty Johnson still playing, um, but there's something wrong with him. When you look at his combine tape uh, in terms of what, like mentally, physically, no, he's physically got something wrong with okay. him. I think he's got a broken bone in his foot. That's what the rumor is. My um, my buddy who I who I respect, he's got a really good opinion on all this shit. Um, Tanner James did uh, an article about it, actually. And, you know, you're looking through his high school track tape and he's basically four, three, five, four, three, seven. Um, that's documented. You know, you can. There's something wrong when he runs like a four, five, five. He's got a twenty nine inch vertical at the yeah, combine, which is terrible. the worst, worst in the, the one per, first percentile. Um, you look at him against uh can't remember the team but he's running oh alabama he's splitting safeties and running away from them on tape so you know i don't know why he would even work out with a broken bone in his foot i didn't think he needed to do that i thought he was a third round pick probably fairly easily um but because of that combine he was almost undraftable i think on on some boards Uh, but now you've got him locked up and I mean, six round pick is like, there's no risk there. You bring him in, you see what he is, see, see, give him to your doctors and figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. yeah. 
We had four yep. six round yep. picks. Roll the dice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, I've heard all the same stuff about Booty, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. They got a player here. He could be a steal of the draft. I also really like Demario Douglas. I mean, you look at the numbers that guy put up, and how, I know he's 5'8", 180, so he's short, but he is shifty as hell. Like, he shakes dudes out of their boots. I know he played out of Liberty, um, so not, you know, not the best competition, but really, I watched his highlight t- tape, and I was pretty impressed for a sixth round pick. I'm surprised he didn't go higher for, you know, like you said, John, a special teams role anyways. So I, I wonder how much Marcus Jones influenced a pick like this, seeing a guy like that be so effective, just getting the ball in his hands, yeah. you know, uh, last year at cornerback. And, you know, this year they're probably like, Hey, I mean, a guy like this can succeed in today's NFL and not get completely crushed. Right. Shifty slot only player. I think. Yeah. Uh, with five, eight. Is that what he five had? eight, uh, but catches the ball, has good, pretty good hands, really and quick. just left to right speed is Not, incredible. The quickness, I think, more than the speed, more yeah. than the, more than the like the top end gate or anything like that, but just the quickness, the, the ability to create space in short areas. I like Demario Douglas, and there's a reason Malik Willis was being talked about as like a potential first second round pick last year, and it was in large part to Demario Douglas being wide open. Um, granted, small school shitty competition another uh by the way another shrine bowl kid yeah um, they dropped they they coached the shrine bowl and they um they tapped that talent they Mapu. picked they, they got picked Mapu. tons of them sow i think was in the shrine bowl i think white was too yeah, Keon so white they really did um, a good job there yeah and then just to mention the cornerbacks you know i you were talking about how they were out of high school. I just kind of, you know, looking at their measurables, they're both 6'2", 6'3", uh, decent size, and run a sub 4'4". Four, four. Yeah. Sub 4'3", yeah, or something. They're all height weight. So they're it's like they just drafted, um, you know, crazy athletes. So that's always cool. Yeah. Again, put them in the Belichick developmental Roll the dice cycle on them, for right? quarterbacks. And let, let's see what comes out the other end. All right, so that's our draft. 11 players. Not much in the undrafted pool because of the lack of roster spots, but, I mean, five. We did get a corner a quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. He had the biggest contract, signing contract, of any undrafted player ever. Did he really? Shoot, How's that? I missed that yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Wow. Big deal. Who's, who's big, 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 big. undrafted rookie free agent. Oh, uh, Malik Cunningham from Louisville. That's who it was, yeah. Yeah. Older kid, but... Uh, Really athletic. I mean, Louisville's history of what they do at quarterback is pretty well documented with Lamar Jackson. They get these really athletic kids. Um, good, good arm, but but I mean, this the legs are what make him. Yeah. So yeah, that is interesting. Very cool potential sub package option. All right, so so that's the Patriots draft. Uh, circling back to the first round, couple surprises. You know, right off the bat, the Houston Texans mortgage the farm to move up to the number three pick from 12 to so they can select back to back two and three reminds me of the Washington then Redskins in 2000. They had the second and third overall hmm. pick. Uh, they took Chris Samuels and, and uh, LeVar Arrington uh, in reverse order there, but uh, Sean, we might be losing you. Am I coming through? There oh, he is. Now. He's back. All right. Everyone sit, stick with us. Um, so they, 
traded a ton to get up there, get Will Anderson at the number three overall spot. They take CJ Stroud at two. They're trying to put in place building blocks on offense and defense. Lots been talked about Nick Casario's job security down there as the general manager. I don't know if this was his call. This was somebody else's call. I'm sure he's taking responsibility for it. Uh, at least it's a lot to give up. At least outwardly, so- but yeah, they they gave up a lot in this draft to get all the way up there and get those two guys. And then at number I four, Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts. A lot of people thought Will Levis was going to be there, going to be their pick. They go with the more. He ends up falling prospect. out of the first round, huh? Yeah, ends up falling out. Uh, but I mean, great situation. What, what are your guys' thoughts on those two selections? All right, so the Will Anderson one, where they they move all that capital to go back and get Will Anderson. I, you know, you live and die with that kind of stuff. But Will Anderson's a special player, man. And I hear a lot of people kind of downgrading him. As, he's never going to get 15 sacks in a season. Yeah, well, he might get 10 to 12, and then he's a freak run defender too. Um, just just a smart, really good football player. He's one of my favorite um, edge rushers in in years. The way he plays, um, the type of person he is. I mean, that's the kind of guy I would pick number one overall and not even think twice about it. Um, the Anthony Richardson one, I love the situation he's going to in Indianapolis. They got Shane Steichen there from Philly, who's kind of like a quarterback whisperer. Um, and they have Gardner Minshew there, and there's no real need to force him into anything yet. Um, they patched up the offensive line a little bit. I think that they're going to be pressured into playing him sooner rather than later. And I think that's the worst thing they could do. He needs time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Anders is going to be a great player. I just thought it's a lot for Houston to give up. You know, their team was in shambles last year. I know they want to get a talent infusion and they probably more so did it just for ticket sales because, Hey, look, the number two and three picker over here, like come, you know, who knows? how bad their ticket sales were last year with um, how bad they were. But, you know, the draft, it happens, um, you know, every every year some someone takes some big swings on people. Um, Richardson going to the Colts, yeah, I think that's a pretty good situation for them and for him. Uh, maybe their offensive line can get back to form. I just hate the Colts so much, so I really don't <laughs> want to say anything nice. Um, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, uh, but you know, no, nope. keep going. Go. Th- those were the two surprising moves in the, in the top five there. We expected Bryce Young, CJ Stroud to both go in the top five. Um, and then other things of note, Jalen Carter drops all the way to nine. The Eagles wind up moving up oh, one yeah, spot Eagles. to get him. Him. And then they, have like they every also, Georgia player at the end of, at the end of round one, they get Nolan Smith. Who's an athletic Marvel coming off the edge. Uh, Eagles continuing to add to that defensive line depth. Then they got Ke- Keely Ringo um, from Georgia. Who I mean, what's the linebacker they got last athletic. year from Georgia? What's his name? Um, they got Jordan Davis last year. Nicobe and, Dean. Uh, they got a linebacker too. Nicobe Dean. Dean. I mean, they're just building the twenty nineteen or the twenty twenty one Georgia defense. Twenty twenty two Georgia championship team. It's fucking insane, man, and they are stacked. That team, as far as roster composition on paper, is it's not even close. It's the best team in the NFL just by looking at their roster straight up. Yeah. That leads us pretty seamlessly into the, the schedule, which came out just last week. Patriots leaked 
I think Robert Kraft was the one that came out and said the day before the schedule came out, maybe he said that they're going to honor Tom Brady at the home opener this coming season. Mm -hmm. And that turns out to be the first game of the season hosting the last year's NFC champion Eagles who have only gotten better since then. Uh, Not the best situation for a great homecoming for Tom Brady. I, I can already see the headlines like, oh, the Patriots could have used Tom Brady last night after they got whooped 42 to 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's a real tough way to open up the schedule this year. What do you think our chances in, are in that game? Uh, not good. Really not good. Uh, I, I, as we'll go over here uh, shortly, you know, I think I feel pretty good about the schedule. I know people have said we have one of the hardest strength of schedules this year. The hardest. The hardest. According to Warren Sharp and by a good margin. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a difficult schedule. There are some, you know, it's more promising than I assumed based on hearing that. But Philly's one of the games I'd be if we win that game, you know, we're, we're going to be in good shape this season. I, if we lose that game, I expect that. I don't think it's going to change anything for us in terms of, you know, really negatively affecting the season because they're awesome. But maybe, you know, hey, week week one through four, anything can happen. Yeah. Nobody's ever really ready, especially with the shortening of training camp. We say this every year. It's, it's a sloppy fucking Sunday out there. It always is that weekend. It's fun that football's back, but, you know, Jalen Hurts might not be Jalen Hurts the week six. You know what I mean? That just happens. The offensive line doesn't really remember how to pass protect because there's no blocking anymore for a whole fucking year since your last game because training camp has been neutered so badly. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's anybody's game. I'd be I'd expect Philly to win because their defense is so good and we don't know what to expect out of Mac yet. So, but... Yeah, tough matchup. Tough first one. Yeah, that's a tough way to start, especially with Brady in the building. I'd I'd like to see them. I mean, I'd rather have them push that game to the following week with Miami coming to town. Yeah, that'd, um, make, that'd be more fitting. Too. You know, he, he lost kinda, to the Eagles once. Yeah, it's a brutal way to to start it. But um, I mean, it's a game you definitely want to grab a ticket for, isn't it? And I looked at the looking at the schedule. I know the um, the strength of schedules is hard on paper. But I'm looking up and down. I could see us stealing at least one win from Miami, one from the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the absolutely. Saints, the Saints, Raiders, beatable teams. Commanders, Colts, absolutely beatable teams. Giants, you know, and, and our history against the Chargers, I feel like we could win those games. Pittsburgh's winnable. Pittsburgh's winnable. Denver's winnable. Especially on a Thursday night. So it's, you know, I could see a max of 10 wins. And I could see a low of like six wins, so it's it's in that ballpark eight nine. I would be, you know, I don't want to be in this spot where we're like happy with eight or nine wins, but it's not the worst thing. Yeah, I I have um, us at nine and eight as a projection. Just going through, it gets really hard after the bye week. So we go to hmm. go to Germany, face the Colts over there. And then come back and we go. That's going to be brutal. It's at 9.30 a.m. too. How shitty is that? Brutal for you. At the Giants? That, oh, I'm yeah, not that, right. I'm not like that worried about that game. Yeah, Are the you? Giants? You're worried about the Giants well, game? I'm, I'm not worried about any of them. Can I just go, go through the all list right, here? All right, all right, all right. At, go at for the it. Giants, home against the Chargers, at Pittsburgh on a short week, Thursday night game, home for Kansas City, 
going to Denver, always a difficult place to play, at Buffalo, and then home against the Jets. It's a tough stretch. It, it then, is, yeah. but, I mean, a lot of those teams are very beatable. When I've, you're looking at it from the perspective of, like, okay, we're at Denver, we're at Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Those games are definitely a lot harder. Those get harder. For, but Denver is going to be just a sloppy mess by week 17 I don't know. Sean, Sean Payton in the building, that, that means a lot. Dude, have you seen Sean Payton? He looked like he was about to have a heart attack on live TV last time I saw him. <laughs> How's he going to coach a football team? He looked terrible. I mean, nothing against like. the guy. He's like in his 60s, and I don't think he's got it anymore. He left. Remember how he left the Saints? Did everyone just forget how he left the Saints? Everyone's giving Bill a hard time of what's going on here. He left the Saints in a dumpster fire. So Mickey Their Lewis cap is in charge of that. 70 <laughs> million cool. over the cap, and he just waltzed out of there, no quarterback, nothing. He's like, Drew Brees gone. I'll see you later because I'm not doing <laughs> this again. And, you know, I'm not that afraid of him. So... I don't know. The Giants don't scare me. Daniel Jones doesn't scare me. The Chargers, that coach is a dumbass. They they always get in their own they're way. They're more talented. They're, team, though. they're way more talented. But every year late in the season, they just throw it all away. They're like kicking ass. I'd actually rather them late in the season because they blow it and injured their I mean, whole team's injured Herbert every broke year. His ribs in week one last year. <laughs> there, you know? there you go. Pittsburgh is could be tough depending on how Kenny Kenny uh, Tiny Hands Pickett does. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's really Kansas City. I mean, they're the only ones that scare me. And you're going to lose to you know you're going to you're going to lose at Buffalo yeah. unless it's another blizzard game. The only chance you have, you know, I, I think we could go ten and seven. I'm projecting ten and seven. I think we could. There's nine games. Um, we certainly should win. And you're going to probably give one of those up, and hopefully you can take one or two from teams that you, we don't expect to beat. You know, maybe you beat Dallas on an off night. You know. Um, Pittsburgh, maybe you get one to steal one against Buffalo. You know, there's some teams that you can steal a win. Maybe you do beat Miami yeah, twice Buffalo's or Jets, the Jets twice. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is not is is basically how he played last year. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just the same as last year. You know, and, like <laughs> the guy we lost, to unlikely, yeah, barely <laughs> by to to with what's his name? I know at the I know, quarterback. I know. You know, cup, I mean, cup we half think, full. JJ is in full steam right now. Yeah, I. I hey, I thought it was gonna be a lot worse. I look at our talent now. We're missing a, if one of a cup. If we can get two starters out of our draft picks, two starters, I think that makes a big difference on this team. Yeah. I right. look at this schedule and I'm, I see the Chargers, Steelers, and and Broncos as like big swing games. You know, where like if you can win one or two of those games, yeah. then it changes changes the outlook of of. Dude, in the, the Chargers game is Sunday, December third. The Charge, LA can't. They're out from LA. They can't play in the cold. Man, December third. <laughs> December third. It could be. I mean, I guess these it days could it could be mild. You know, you know how it is here now. It's not. And you gotta love how the Miami game is always late in the year. Hmm. Can't stand that. It's not that late. It's mid-year. It's a, it's a Halloween. Mid-year. Halloween weekend. Why do we always start? In the blistering Miami heat. heat, every year they do this to us. Every single year, are we? No, we're there. Well, it's October. it's Halloween weekend, and they're they're coming to yeah. Foxborough in in September. Anyway, right. yes, it is. Maybe it, it does look surmountable on paper, but again, compared to the other teams, you you look at a team like Indianapolis, Jacksonville, the, these teams that have cupcakes littered up and down. <laughs> Their, their schedule. The I mean, we got to play the NFC East, which has 
three good teams. Uh, we got to play the right. AFC West, which has three to four good teams. Is Washington good? That they're the one that I I left out. Okay, all right. Who's the quarterback there? Sam Brissette? Howell. They're still going Sam. Sam. Howell. Oh, they're going. They're rolling with Sam Howell. Yeah. I kind of like that though. I mean, I'd rather have that than like yeah. Brissette. You like it now, and then week six after he's thrown seventeen <laughs> interceptions, everyone's like, "Well, Sam Howell didn't look like the best like, player now." I did like it? the ballsiness of like, "Hey, we're gonna play this kid." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Let's see what, what he's got. What was he their last year's pick? Was he like mid-round yeah, pick last year? They, they let Heineke go to Atlanta. Dumb. Dumb move. Heineke would come in and save them for a few games. Yeah, after he fucked them up with a couple of shitty but interceptions or fumbles. Heineke's well. not even starting in Atlanta. They're going to go with Ritter. Who? Desmond Ritter. Now, there's a division well, the I would have liked to play. Atlanta, right? New Orleans. Know, we are we gonna, randomly gonna play New played Orleans, but New Orleans. The quarterbacks in that Carolina, division. Oh, my Tampa God. Bay Baker Mayfield. Tampa's, Tampa's just a layup. Yeah. They're going to get cream this year. Who's the other one there? Baker Mayfield, Carr, right? Yep. Desmond Ritter, uh, you mentioned, C- and Bryce CJ Young. CJ Stroud. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Went to Desmond the, oh, Ritter, yeah, we right. said. Yeah. So you can see. There are some shitty divisions of that course. we don't get to play. We we got to play the tough road, but maybe it'll it'll harden us up, and maybe it won't be a first round playoff exit for the first time in a long time. At least what feels like a long time for us, not for Jets fans who haven't seen the playoffs in twelve years. Got to find a way to stick it to them. Uh, gotta. <clears throat> okay, that's the the schedule. What else we got? So the the Patriots post draft outlook right now we still have 11 million dollars in cap space oh wow we just created that that's not updated with the yadney kajust uh cut which is going to save us 2.7 million against the cap i have listed here so we're we're getting up to about 14 in cap space we have other candidates that would save a ton against the cap nick folk who's going to get pushed with the new kicker Addition yeah. that would be two million. Miles Bryant, I don't know if he's going to be able to earn a roster spot. That's two and a half mil. He shouldn't. Larry at, Guy, at we talked about before, that would be three million. And then the big ticket guys that seem to happen consistently, not so much lately, but previously when we were good, we would cut a, a big big name. Trent Brown, Devonte Parker, Hunter Henry. Those guys are eleven million, six million, and ten million in cap savings if they didn't make yeah, the squad. I mean respectively i'd be surprised if we cut any of them at this point we have no depth at tight end so henry i would be surprised trent brown you kind of walled yourself in with that one not take if we took a tackle i could see that one happening i mean we were kind of waiting on that one all off season just because the cap hit i mean i'm happy to have him um hopefully he can get back to his former self and the last one you said i'm blanking on Devontae parker trent brown Devontae parker He's so cheap. I know. I'm, like, I'm not saying you get, you know, these are going to happen or, or should happen. Just could happen. Those are guys that could bring significant cap savings if there was a trade for some reason. They needed that cap to be used elsewhere. Can but we just leave it as as it is and let the money go, go into 2024 and use that money to re-sign some of these fucking guys. Like, or trade when if you need to mid-season when you see a deficiency. Right. Yeah. All I'm saying is there, there's flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that's on my agenda here, and then I'll turn it over to you guys, whatever you'd like to discuss. Patriots Hall of Fame vote came in. Mike Vrabel, current head coach of the Tennessee Titans, inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Well-deserving, spent mm-hmm. eight years 
with the Pats, came over as one of those data bevy of free agent signings, veteran free agent signings going into 2001. That team was going to be supposed to be terrible. They were 5-11 and 11 the year before. They bring in Vrabel and All Mike these Compton, veterans. Tons of guys. Otis Smith, Ter- Terrell Buckley, Roman Pfeiffer. I mean, just a litany of guys that they come in. Vrabel's one of those dudes who's Brian third-round Cox. pick out of Ohio State, played four years with uh, with the Steelers, then came over to the Pats and transformed himself into a Pro Bowl player. And at one point in time, he had 10, I believe it was 10 receptions and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, He was like, yeah. he was the yeah, original was awesome. defensive player catching the ball on offense. Uh, just absolute stud, set the tone for the team. I think, JJ, you told me this once. You, you, you went to practice or something. You go, by the way, Mike Rabel is the biggest guy in the team. Yeah, he was huge. He had yeah. the longest arms I've ever seen. <laughs> he was a monster. Yeah, like he looks like part it on the six five, like two sixty. I was always amazed about how horrible he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was not he good there. Didn't do a fucking thing in Pittsburgh. Doesn't even didn't even get a lot of time from no. what I remember. Right? No, he was like a, a rotational guy. He had like the most he ever had in a season was like twenty tackles there. Yeah, he didn't do dog shit. And then he comes to the Patriots and he becomes like this really good player. Yeah, the front seven jackknife. You know, I mean, one season he had like 12 sacks or 13 sacks or whatever it was. Yeah, he, had a, yeah. he had a couple seasons where he was like up around 100 tackles, you know. Just a really solid player. Never really seemed to make any mistakes, get exposed. And then they started using him on offense as like a fullback in, in the, that play-action scheme. And, I mean, he. I don't think he even dropped the ball. I don't no. remember him ever dropping a It was always a touchdown, too. It was never anything else but a goal line touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Clearly a smart player because now he's a head coach. Like, and and on top of that, a successful NFL head coach by, you know, all pointing standards right now. So, yeah, worthy. Pretty good. Worthy induction. Worthy induction. Very happy for you, Mike. Number fifty. He was up against the tuna, though. I heard some people. You know, I heard some talk about that. Hard to you guys have any uh, hard to bring ahead, Bill, Par- Bill Parcells into the Patriots Hall of Fame if you're Robert Kraft the way that Bill Parcells left. That's true, That's but I mean it's a, supposed to be a fan vote. I know it's supposed to be, but at the end of the day, Tuna brought a lot of a lot of uh, PR this way, though. You can't you can't deny he definitely turned the franchise around. I mean, they were a laughing stock when Parcells got here, and then yeah. that leads right into Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Robert Kraft has hired three head coaches, and all three are going to be Hall of Famers. That's pretty good. Not bad. Is there any, uh, is there any teams that stood out to you in the draft as far as good or bad, or any players or picks that you thought were good or bad? Uh, that is a good question. I mean, the, the Lions were kind of head-scratchers from a value standpoint, but it seems like they identified the guys that they wanted and then took them. You know, Jameer Gibbs yeah, going to 12. Lions. Uh, yeah. Jack Campbell going to 18, both guys that were probably second round players. And then they got Sam Laporta, who was my number two tight end on, on my board. They got him at 34. He was the second tight end off the board. And a lot of people they, had, they took him. They took him ahead of they, Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, yeah, a lot of guys that, that people had higher on their boards. Now I like Sam Laporta and I'm leaning a lot on the, the legacy of Iowa tight ends, George Kittle, um, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. There's a ton of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I, th- I thought the Lions kind of marched to the beat of their own drummer on that, which I don't hate. Kind of fine with it. And I then, feel like the Lions, if you mixed up their picks and you said, okay, Brian Branch went 12 and Jack Campbell <laughs> went 18 or Hendon Hooker went 18 and like if you just totally flip-flopped all their picks, you're like, oh, it's a fucking great draft. Like, you yeah. addressed all these things. But the way they took these guys, like Jameer Gibbs at 12, everyone was like, what? You're <laughs> yeah. taking Jameer Gibbs at 12? Like, he's a good player. And then you're thinking at the same time, like, you have DeAndre Swift. And then later we find out they, they're trading DeAndre Forced Swift. Forced to and, trade. Um, yeah, I guess it was after that pick that he said he wanted to get traded. Yeah. So, That's interesting there. But, yeah, the Lions were the one that was like, what are we doing? And then you look at it after the fact, and you're like, pretty good, you know? Yeah. Pretty funny draft haul that they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody else. I mean, we, we already touched on the Eagles, that they got some real high-level talent in that first round. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the the Seahawks, were they really surprised me by going for Devon Witherspoon at five. And then they they dip back in at the top of the second round. Derek Hall, outside backer out of Auburn, good athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Witherspoon pick, I just maybe it's the legacy of Seahawk cornerbacks that you think they fit a different mold than what you, mm-hmm. you think of like a deep third safety, not not a guy that crashes the line of scrimmage like Witherspoon does. Yeah. So that one just surprised me. Not that I think he's a bad player. We've we've already nailed down that we we all think he's a good player. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was, I thought they had one of my favorite drafts, honestly, the Seahawks. I just thought it was a little unconventional for what they normally do. Exactly. So maybe they're learning, maybe they're adjusting and adapting. And then the chargers took Quentin Johnston in the first round, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. it's Mike Mm -hmm. Williams insurance. I'm not exactly sure what their thought process was there. What's his name? Constantly injured. Their other receiver, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen. Yeah. Keenan Allen's a very like different I think player it's his... than Quentin Johnston. I but think they're it's just, old. They're, yeah, they're, they're both old, and they got the hurt side, all you know? year last year. I like. I know that it's just you got a guy that selecting Quentin Johnston as your guy. You don't I mean, like him. You don't. You don't like him, do you? I actually kind of do like him. I, I mean, like I really like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, who went the the next two picks right after. I mean, that yeah. was yeah. If that blows up in their face, it's like oh, these two receivers. If those guys Johnston, do well, those guys. Um, those guys don't have the build of Quentin Johnston. I mean, you're looking at a six three, what two fifteen or whatever he is. He's a, yeah. he's an actual big receiver, which is an outlier in this draft. I mean, it was him and like Cedric Tillman. There was very few guys that are like big. And then you look at what Quentin Johnston could do. I mean, he runs away from people at that size, so he doesn't actually play like he's six three right now. Maybe that can be coached up. Um, I'll tell you what I didn't like was the 49ers draft. Um, Jair Brown in the third round was their first pick. And I had I had a couple safeties ahead of him. I thought he was a little bit of a head scratcher. And then they go and take Jake Moody. Uh, oh, the a kicker. kicker from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the kicker, but that's round, high. It's a little high. Yeah. Camera Latu, uh, tight end. I had a, several tight ends ahead of him. I just, I didn't get it. Um, a couple other teams here. The Niners the are turning into the Rams. They don't give a shit about draft picks. Oh, they don't. No, care. a lot of teams this year. If you look, they're like a lot of teams didn't have first rounders. You know? Um, I like Pittsburgh. I mean, I think you know, I don't like 
Pittsburgh as a team, but you know, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr. in the, early in the second round as a corner who was, you know, I thought considered as a first round talent. They also got Darnell Washington, tight end, who we were all talking about. Seems like a pretty cool player. You know, what he might develop into, we don't know yet, but definitely an interesting prospect. So I think they got good value for where they drafted, for sure. And you got to love the story. Joey Porter Jr. playing for the Steelers. That's pretty kick-ass. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That alone, just, yeah, playing where dad played. For all the the cool things that and like aggressive nature of of the Bears this season as well, like all the free agency ads, the trades for DJ Moore, um, the wheeling and dealing to get more picks, I didn't like a single one of their picks. <laughs> I mean, until the fourth, until the fourth round, I mean, they just got a lot of players that are redundant. Um, Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, pretty much the same player. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, second round, meh. Darnell right at 10 is a reach. That's a right tackle, Mahler, I think, and I would not have taken him there. Um, Tyler Scott I like as far as a burner, but they have tons of receivers now. It was a weird draft for them. Yeah, they they went with a quantity over quality. That The tackles just went in quick succession. There, I think when yeah. we did our mock draft, I took Paris Johnson in the top top five. He ends up going six, six. and then and the Cardinals got more picks to move down. They wanted him at three. They they ended up getting Cardinals did really well there. They actually did, did do well. Yeah, good for them for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, then Darnell Wright goes, Peter Skronsky goes, Broderick Jones, quick succession there, uh, and then mm-hmm. then you wind up at the end of the first round, and some of the teams are are trying to dip back in. You got Anton Harrison going, and then I think that, yeah, I guess that was it for tackles in the early part of the draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I know the Broncos didn't have a lot of picks, but I thought they did pretty well to get Mims in the second round. Um, I think it was like the last pick in the second round. They got Marvin Mims. I think he's a pretty good player. Then they got Drew Sanders in the third round. This guy that was being talked about in the first round for a little while. Uh, Riley Moss in the third as well. I think that's a player. I mean, he could he could be a really good corner. Um, you know, it's interesting. Iowa has another white corner coming out next year. That's like a top 10 to 15 pick projected right now. Holy cow. What are they doing over there in Iowa, What's man? What's happening? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy right? stuff. What's what are we the, doing? What's in the water in the cornerback room? I don't know. Not too shabby. It's interesting. Yeah. We could talk about that next year. But, yeah, overall fun draft. Um, I wasn't too furious with what the Patriots did. As some moves I, I would have done differently. I Josh Downs dropped really far. And I was like, why are we not taking a receiver? Why are we not taking a tackle? But mm-hmm. I came away overall pretty happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm I'm happy with our draft. This is the happiest I've been after a draft in a while. Yeah. Two years ago, Mac Jones, Barmore at the top. We were stoked. That was pretty good. That was pretty that good. That was pretty good. You're right. Pretty good. We'll see how that worked out. I don't yeah, pretty excited to see how these guys develop. Yep. All right. On that note, we will wrap up for this week. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed the draft as much as we did and enjoyed our geeking out, nerding out, going deep. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we like to do here. 
So thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you. Adios. I'll stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to cut this in. Don't cut me. It's good. This is the good stuff.